0: Long ago the four
1: nations lived together in harmony Then everything changed when
0: the fire nation attacked Uh, Only the Avatar, master of all four elements But when the world needed him the most, he
1: vanished Hundred years passed and my brother and I discovered or an airbender named Aang Although
2: his
0: airbending his skills are great He still has lots to Aang. learn but I believe that Aang can save the world Hello everyone and welcome back to What's Appa? A rewatch podcast of the greatest show ever, Avatar The Last Airbender I'm Joyce
2: I'm Justin
1: and I'm Anand, and this week we want to give a very special shout out to our friends Hiral, Cameron, Caroline, and Krista, who all did the intro.
0: This is episode 38 of our podcast, where we'll be discussing the Guru and the Crossroads of Destiny. So get ready for your season two finale episode. Woohoo! So yeah, let's just get right into the first part, which is The Guru. Um, And just a quick fun fact about both of these episodes, these episodes actually aired together in the U.S. as part of a one-hour season finale special, which is quite like what you're getting today. So, (laughs) wow, the nostalgia. The first scene is Iroh and Zuko, and Zuko's waking up from his slumber, and he's asking what that sweet smell is. And it turns out Iroh is cooking juke and says, I'm sure you wouldn't like it. Zuko smells it and actually smiles and says, I'd love a bowl, uncle. And I was just like, man, I love domestic Zuko and Iroh. Like I would watch a whole season of them just like, I don't know, cooking (laughs) like a Zuko Iroh cooking show or something. (laughs) But I think like just knowing everything that happens, like seeing Zuko in this state is just like so painful every time knowing like how hard he regresses. And finally, a fun fact about juke is um, it's actually featured in Avatar, The Last Airbender Cookbook, Official Recipes from the Four Nations.
2: So juke is actually a traditional rice porridge eaten in the Earth Kingdom. And it's typically eaten as a breakfast food with meats and vegetables. And it's actually the Cantonese and Korean pronunciation for rice kanji, which is an actual Asian breakfast food uh, prepared by boiling rice in a lot of water until it turns into a starchy paste. And according to Zuko, a bowl of juke from his uncle always brightens his day when he's feeling sick or down.
0: Aww. Lovely Zuko. Yeah. A bit too lovely and Iroh is a bit suspicious. He mm-hmm. raises an eyebrow at Zuko. And Iroh says, now that your fever is gone, you seem different somehow. Um, but he smiles to himself. He's really liking this new, new Zuko.
1: Yeah, I mean Zuko's way too happy this episode. I think we all know something's gonna go wrong. You could see his turn coming a million miles away. <laughs> Zuko can't be happy.
0: Yeah, he's smiling like so much.
2: So in the next scene, Sokka is pretty nervous because he's about to see his dad for the first time in years. He's super fidgety. He's pacing. And then him and Aang have a conversation about the immediate future where Sokka is going to see his dad and Aang's going to take on the guru. And he asks if Aang's ready. And Aang says that he's ready to do whatever it takes to master the avatar state. And I think it's pretty ironic that in the end, Aang isn't, but Sokka is ready to talk to his dad.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Good point. I feel like they pour it on a little bit. I feel like Aang said he's ready to do whatever it takes like three times. That's true. <laughs> That's true. They really oh, yeah, build us
0: build us up to tear us down.
1: Yeah, so the next scene is Sokka going to meet his dad, finally. And there's like water tribe music in the background and they come up to uh, Chameleon Bay. Some more fun
2: facts about Chameleon Bay. It was actually relevant in the time of Avatar Kyoshi. And there was a small town called the Port of Chameleon Bay that became the base of of operations for something called the flying opera company so i highly recommend that you guys go out and read the avatar Kyoshi books mm. at least in avatar the last airbender there's no trace of port chameleon bay even though the town was seemingly located somewhere in the area of hakoda's camp
1: yeah and saka as you said kind of goes through the whole camp you see all these water tribe soldiers and yeah they open the tent and who do we see but Bato, our favorite guy, is standing next to Hakoda, and so Bato smiles and nudges Hakoda, and then he looks up and he's like Saka, and then he smiles. Fun fact: the voice actor who voices Hakoda is uh, his name is Andre Sugluzo, Andre and he also voices Boomy, which is really like they're very different. So impressive, dude.
0: And yeah, one more thing I want to mention is the right hand man who is. Bato actually has the burn on his arm which is a callback back to Bato of the Water Tribe where he has his arm in a sling because he actually had a really bad injury and now we see he's fully recovered but there's a scar. So switching gears we see a scene with the Earth King and Azula, Tylee, and Mei dressed as Kyoshi Warriors approach the Earth King and the king tells them My most trusted advisor, Long Feng, and his Daily agents tried to take control of Bossing Se from me. And Azula's like, it's terrible when you can't trust the people closest to you. And I thought a really neat detail is that in this scene, Mei and Tai Lee are on either side of Azula in the back, and Mei kind of gives Tai Lee like a side eye. So this is some foreshadowing for. The next season mm. in the Boiling Rock episodes where Mae and entirely actually do betray Azula. So I thought that was like super cool. I didn't notice that the first mm-hmm. time. Also, another fun fact is that Azula is actually specifically wearing Suki's headgear. Um, which is different from like the outfits that Tylee and May are wearing because Suki is the leader and Azula is the leader of, you know, this group. So I thought that was also cool. Hmm. Anyways, the king goes, But there is good news. As we speak, the Council of Five is meeting to plan an invasion of the Fire Nation this summer on the day of the solar eclipse. And (laughs) I mean, we know this happens, but it's just like such a facepalm moment every time. Like... (laughs) Oh, it's so frustrating that this happens. And I, I don't know. I just figured, like, shouldn't this plan be top secret or something? But I guess, like, the warriors would be involved in the plan, maybe. But also they're, like, a bunch of teenagers and the Earth King has, like, his full army. So I don't really understand the why he... Does this.
1: I guess it's also just ironic because it's like the Earth King. Basically it's like Long Feng's plan totally backfired because they raise this guy to be stupid and ignorant and then he's the one who like reveals the plan to the Fire Nation and they take over. So
0: and Azula's eyes widen, just the littlest bit, you know? Azula doesn't often get shocked, but she is. And she says, now that sounds like a fascinating and brilliant plan.
2: So speaking about the Council of Five, uh, now we cut to them in a meeting room where they're preparing their plans for the Day of Black Sun. And Katara's there.
0: Yeah, Which is kind of funny, because why should she be there? But um, (laughs) (laughs) another thing I want to point out is that outside of the council building, there's actually a statue of a badger mole that
2: you can
1: see. Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, so General Howe is explaining the invasion plan, and he's like moving chess pieces on this giant board. That's pretty cool how they're going to invade in two months. And then he asks Katara to get the Earth King seal so that they can execute the plan and initially this sounds kind of funny but in eastern asian culture seals are taken very very seriously to the point where they are the signature for entities and companies and there's a really fun example arm which is a chip manufacturer has been really important in the u.s china trade wars and they have a branch in china and the president of the Chinese branch has been holding the company hostage because mm-hmm. the company has been trying to fire him for the last two years. And I think they finally managed to. But the reason they couldn't do it for two years is because he keeps the seal <laughs> physically on his person. So he refuses <laughs> to stamp the papers that fire himself.
0: Oh, wow. That's really yeah.
2: smart. And you can't make a new seal without the old seal. So it's like they're taken Whoa. super seriously. Hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's crazy yeah i i just thought this scene is so funny because the only thing the generals say in this scene is that the earth king of soldiers are going to invade the fire nation on the day of the black sun which is exactly like we already know that like, there's something <laughs> new in this plan that came out so i always found it really funny
0: that is really funny that's a good point like the whole reason this scene exists is so that katara can go on her little side quest and see Zuko and Iroh.
1: But maybe it just also shows the whole bureaucracy of like the broken bureaucracy of the Earth Kingdom because like the Earth King literally knows this already, but they have to go fetch fetch the seal, you know?
0: Mm. Good read, good read.
1: But then we cut back to Aang, and uh, we see Guru Patik sitting on top of the Eastern Air Temple, and we see Aang fly in on Appa to meet him.
2: So the Eastern Air Temple is the only air temple that's not the title of an episode and it's the only one visited solely by Aang. Um, And some Mm. fun facts about it. The architecture of the Eastern Air Temples somewhat resembles Angkor Wat, which is an old Buddhist temple in Cambodia.
1: Mm. Yeah, and so Aang approaches him and asks if he is indeed Guru Patik. And Patik says, indeed, I was a spiritual brother of your people and a personal friend of Monggyatso.
0: Nice. Wow. You really did it. (laughs) Great, <laughs> great, great uh quote reading. But anyways, yeah, personal friend of Monk Yatso makes him one of the oldest things, living things in Avatar and the oldest person in Avatar. Can you guys guess what the oldest living thing in Avatar is?
2: The lion turtles?
0: Yeah.
1: Good job. The Oh, uh, I was going to also say the banyan trees. Mm, okay, I guess you're right. Too, Those are living.
0: Um Living animals. The lion turtles are definitely one. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then Patik says, you must gain balance within yourself before you can bring balance to the world. And the first step to gaining balance begins with this. And then he hands Aang um, something to drink and a coconut. And Aang spits it out. He's like, it tastes like onion and banana juice.
2: So some fun facts about onion and banana juice. I know, how can there possibly be fun facts about (laughs) onion and banana juice? (laughs) It allegedly is based on something a friend of Brian Konietzko was doing uh, they were eating this while doing yoga at a retreat. And another fun fact, it is a there is a real-world adaptation of it in the uh, official recipe book for the Four Nations.
1: I feel like it wouldn't be that bad. We should do some onion and banana juice shots next time.
0: Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, yummy mixer, huh?
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: That would make a great end of season two trivia ending. Who can chug it the fastest? That's horrible. (laughs) Horrible.
0: (laughs) Really, we should have an end of season two release party where we serve onion banana juice. I like that. And some juke.
2: And some juke. So in the next scene we are in an eastern air tumble creek and Guru Patik says in order to master the avatar state you must open all of the chakras.
0: I saw online someone point out what do we see in the background here a full moon. How could it oh, not man. be? Ah, yeah. <laughs> Season
1: finale must be a full it's gotta moon. Got to be a
0: full moon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I miss that one.
2: It's always a full moon, and then Guru Padik says, Aang, tell me everything you know about chakras." And then Aang says, "What are chakras?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so some of the inspiration behind chakras—it's um, definitely inspired a lot by um, the concept of chakras in Hinduism, especially, and in a lot, and in a lot of Eastern uh, cultures and religions. Chakras generally refer to kind of pools of energy within the body and how kind of energy flows through the body. Interestingly, in um, Hindi or Sanskrit, um, chakra or chakram actually means wheel, which I guess just has to do with kind of like the cyclical nature of, of, of the energy swirling in the body.
0: Chakras, chakras. <laughs> that's what I thought of here. <laughs> I was like, that's the only thing that stuck with Aang. Was his nightmare about <laughs> <laughs> her Patik singing chakras, chakras, we love chakras.
1: <laughs> so anyway, we continue and uh, we reappear in a cave. There are a lot of cool scenes in this episode. I will say, I think the um, mm-hmm. you know animators did a good job with like the wide variety of of scenes they had to do for all these chakras. So the first one is in this cave, and Patik says. First, we will open the earth chakra, located at the base of the spine. It deals with survival and is blocked by fear. What are you most afraid of? Hmm.
0: Lost the accent a little bit at the end. Yeah, I know at the end. It's okay. We'll have lots of practice this episode. (laughs) But yeah, a fun fact that I read is that the changing hand positions that Aang is using while opening the chakras are actual hand positions used in real life meditation um, to open chakras while meditating. And another fun fact is that initially, the creators were concerned about how this episode would be received. Uh, but Kanitsko later learned from friends of his who worked, uh, a friend of his who worked as a professional yoga and meditation instructor, that they use the lessons imparted in the episodes with their own students.
1: But yeah, so after Patik says this, basically, Aang has a bunch of visions in um, quick succession
2: so some more fun facts a lot of fun facts this episode in all of these visions that ang has they are filtered through some type of color and they actually follow the colors of the visible light spectrum starting with red and the orange yellow green blue indigo and finally violet in Mm -hmm. the order in which he unlocks his chakras which is pretty cool and also that the physical locations of each of these reflect like the chakras themselves so, for example, the earth chakra is in a cave. The water one, which we are seeing right now, is behind a waterfall.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the fire one is the sunrise. Air is in a large open space, sound in an echoey space, I guess. And the light is high in the sky.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Some of these visions that he sees includes the blue spirit coming for him. Losing Katara as he thought he did in the um, Avatar State um, episode, which was the first episode of season two. Another one is him uh, facing Ozai. And another one is him as Koizilla kind of <laughs> slashing people. And right after that vision of him slicing Koizilla, you kind of see the Fire Lord. And so part of me, it's like interesting because part of me feels like it's like, oh, him becoming too powerful and like becoming someone like the Fire Lord. Like he actually is scared of that. And he actually is scared of the fact that he was too powerful as Koizilla, which, you know, we've made fun of him a lot. But I don't think he actually ever reflected on that, did he? So it's like interesting that we see it here for the first time.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like. Yeah, like maybe he does feel kind of guilty for doing that, and also fearful of like that happening, you know, where he's totally out of control and he has the capacity to like do so much damage and harm so many people. So yeah, we were making fun of him, but you know, maybe maybe he has uh, some buried like trauma from that.
1: Yeah, no, I I thought that was cool to see, um, and then Patik prompts Aang to let his fears flow down the creek and he opens his his earth chakra and there's a cool sound effect when he does it. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, I just thought, oh man, if only it were this easy to like conquer your greatest fears. Um, But I guess Avatar or the Avatar is a supremely powerful being. So maybe it is that easy, you know? Also, like, they're working within the constraints of a, like, 20-minute episode, so really can't confront everything, like, for too long or, or, you know, focus on any one chakra for too long, but, um, so, yeah, I think I'll allow it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In one scene, he is sweating, so. Yeah, I know. I think they
0: do a really good job, like, going through all this for, given the constraints, um, and I think it's pretty compelling. Um. Yeah, the next chakra is the water chakra, and we see them sitting behind a waterfall.
2: So in Hinduism, the second chakra is actually located near and around the sexual and reproductive organs because it's due to pleasure, but seeing that this is a Nickelodeon child show, uh, they don't have it in that area.
0: (laughs) And Patik says... This chakra deals with pleasure and is blocked by guilt. And he prompts Aang to look at all the guilt that burdens him. And we see Aang's vision, which is now in the, you know, orange color. And we see him fleeing when he finds out he's the avatar. And he says, I ran away. And We also see a vision of... Aang hurting all the Earthbenders when he was in the Avatar state after they mess with Katara in one of the earlier episodes of the season. And he says, I hurt all those people. Again, I just thought, you know what? This this monk's not too bad. <laughs> he knows what he did was wrong.
2: So in the next scene, we are back with Sokka and Hakoda. And his dad is explaining these Tangle Minds that they're about to be using to prevent the Fire Nation ships from being able to pass Charmeleon uh, Bay and eventually get to Basingse. And Bato says, Your father invented tangle mines himself. And some fun facts about tangle mines um, Hakoda calls them the stink and sink because they're destructive, buoyant, and terrible smelling. <laughs> but they actually utilize two techniques that anti-whaling activists use i did not know this Mm. they there's a group called the sea shepherds they're a famous anti-whaling group i didn't know they got famous um (laughs) but apparently Mm -hmm. they use ropes or chains to tangle up the propellers of illegal whaling vessels in a technique known as prop fouling in the same way hakoda uses seaweed to disable fire navy ships and then they also used butyric acid to make the decks of these ships so awful that the crews couldn't work as kind of like the skunk fish in the mines.
0: And uh, yeah, another thing that I thought was that this is kind of reminiscent of the Mechanist bomb in the Northern Air Temple, which also used stink as a powerful tool. Um, so, yeah, I think it's also a way to make these bombs a bit more kid friendly, you know, like they're not going to kill everybody. They're really just going to make everything smell bad.
2: Yeah, and then Hakoda explains that the mines are full with skunkfish and seaweed and that when a ship detonates a mine, the seaweed tangles up the propellers and the foul smell forces the people to abandon ship. And then Sokka laughs that him and his dad are so similar because only they would invent something with a foul-smelling device. Um, is this code for chemical warfare? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, A warrior says that they've spotted four Fire Nation ships, and then Hakoda declares, men, prepare for battle. And then Sokka, like, sheepishly looks up at his dad, and he says, um, what should I do, dad? And then Hakoda says, aren't you listening? I said the rest of you men get ready for battle. And then him and Hakoda share a moment where they smile at each other.
1: Yeah, and this is what Sokka's been waiting for his whole life. His dad recognizes him as a man.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah,
0: the show's main protagonist has achieved everything.
1: <laughs> but we do not, and we go on to Iroh and Zuko, who are having their own uh, nice father-son moment. And Iro says, who would have thought that when we came to the city as refugees that I'd end up owning my own tea shop?
2: Yeah, I just have to say, the Jasmine dragon, Iroh is bawling out. He has employees greeting people coming in, all the tables are full, it's fully decked out with all these very ornamental designs. He's really made it.
1: The, the American dream, uh, Saint dream. Yeah, and Zuko is also way too happy. And he's like, congratulations, uncle. You deserve it. And everything's happy.
0: Zuko's definitely possessed or something. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, then we go back to the Eastern Air Temple where we're looking at the third chakra. And Guru Patik says, third is the fire chakra located in the stomach and he says this chakra deals with willpower and is blocked by shame what are you ashamed of what are your biggest disappointments in yourself and you know this just got me thinking a little you know let's do some definitions like what do you guys think is the difference between shame and guilt
1: yeah this was confusing to me and i i never never knew
0: hmm yeah i i don't know i guess i like did a little digging online And someone was saying that shame is internal, while guilt is external. Like, shame is more like you're judging yourself, whereas guilt is like you feel you've let others down.
2: That makes sense to me. Like, guilt is something that you're torn up about, like you lose sleep over. And shame is, like, something you wouldn't be torn about in, like, isolation, but in the context of a greater society, like, you're ashamed of it because other people will judge you but not necessarily for, like, the moral merit of the action that you believe you've taken, I guess.
0: Aang has his vision of burning Katara, and he says, I'm never going to firebend again. Um, And Guru is like, nah, dude, you're the avatar, you gotta. And Aang's like, you're right, (laughs) and he clears his chakra. (laughs) Yeah. So
2: now they move on to the fourth chakra. And Guru Patik says, the fourth chakra is located in the heart. It deals with love and is blocked by grief. And then Aang sees statues of Avatar Chen. And then Guru Patik says, lay all of your grief out in front of you. And then he sees visions of Monk Yatso and all of the airbenders kind of like flashing in and out. And then they start like disappearing in puffs of smoke, like exploding like bubbles one by one. And Aang gets separated from them.
0: Yeah, which is quite a sad vision. Um... Yeah, I think this one is, like, really impactful. Um, But a fun fact is that another dream sequence or vision sequence that they considered um, but didn't end up making it into the episode was um, a sequence where Aang and Gyatso are riding on a flying bison and they have several fruit pies with them um, and they actually end up tossing the fruit pies at a bunch of female airbenders um, and, like, giggling together. Um, And then... You know, Aang was like having a a good time, and he, and when he turns to look back at Gyatso, Gyatso is transformed into a skeleton, yeah. and, and then the vision ends, which is like pretty pretty jarring. Um, and yeah, actually, this storyboard was shared on Giancarlo Volpe's, uh, Tumblr in 2015. That one just definitely like would would have like punched you in the gut a bit more, but like just dis- watching everyone disappear, I feel like is a bit more like. I don't know. What do you think? What do you guys think? Do you guys like the one that is in the episode or the one I described?
1: I like the animation of the of what they actually show in the episode, but I feel like the storyboard is a lot more powerful, uh, and I like I like it better. Hmm.
2: I actually think that the one they cut is oh wow more powerful okay. and perhaps more dark and more graphic, which is probably why they cut it.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no you guys are right yeah maybe they'll have it in the live action
1: (laughs) a real skeleton
2: and then guru patik says you have indeed felt a great loss but love is a form of energy and it swirls all around us the air nomad's love for you has not left this world it is still inside your heart and is reborn in the form of new love And as he says this, the visions of the monks disappearing swirls and then recomposes itself as one of Katara.
1: Yeah, and I think this was really well done. And I think this is a really important scene. I think this comes up again, the tension between the love for Katara and Avatar State. Is kind of present the whole season and it comes up again in this episode and the next episode but i think how they describe it of kind of his love for his entire nation has been transformed into one for katara like just shows how powerful their love is and why it's so important and why it um, comes up again
2: yeah and then ing is tearing up and then he wipes away his tears
1: All right, then we continue on with the chakras. So uh, Aang is able to open the fifth chakra, and then the sixth chakra, um, Guru Patik says, the sixth pool of energy is the light chakra, located in the center of the forehead. It deals with insight and is blocked by illusion. The greatest illusion in this world is the illusion of separation. Things you think are separate and different are actually one and the same.
2: Yeah, so fun fact about this chakra, uh, if you think about... uh, Sparky, sparky, boom, man. He actually uses this chakra to uh, send out the booms, I guess. Um, (laughs) Because it's located in the center of the forehead. And then when you block it, it explodes in front of him because that Mm. area is blocked and the chakra can't flow.
1: And then Aang is like, oh, that's kind of like the Four Nations. Aang says, we're all connected. Everything is connected.
2: Yeah, and I think this
0: really solidifies the, one of the lessons he learned in the swamp where he found that like everything was connected via the, the roots of that tree.
1: Mm-hmm. It's almost like everything in season two is connected. Oh.
0: Mm. i starting to see what you mean.
1: <laughs> and then Guru Patik says, that's right, even the separation of the four elements is an illusion. If you open your mind, you will see that all the elements are one, four parts of the same whole. Even metal is just a part of Earth that has been purified and refined. And then it slowly transitions into a vision of Toph finding the Earth within the metal using her seismic sense.
0: Yeah, and I think this sequence and how it's timed with the opening of the chakra is like so cool. Um, And yeah, just a bit of a fun fact about how Earthbenders use seismic sense to metal bend, is they're using it to sense the minute pieces of unpurified earth still present within the metal. And they lock onto these pieces, and then so they can bend the metal by proxy of bending the earth. Yeah,
1: very cool. So Toph is the earthbending master. She's able to bend the metal and break out of her cage. And just a point on metal bending. Metal Bending 2 was actually teased earlier in the season, if you remember. During the drill episode, Aang is like using a piece of water to cut through the metal, and then he's like, Oh, what I'd give to be a metal bender. So it's cool that, you know, there's some thread that of it before this episode too.
0: So the next scene goes back to Katara and she's walking around with Momo, you know, with the top secret invasion plan, just like in her hand, and she decides to get a cup of tea before she goes back to the king. I don't know, I I mean, this is just like a silly way to get, you know.
2: Yeah, Katara also, when she enters the store, she tells the greeters, table for two, please. Which I think is incredibly rude just to take up an entire table for two when Momo is not gonna sit in the chair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe she's just afraid of being alone, you know? So she wants to just... like She doesn't want to say table for one. That's a bit um too intimidating. Katara overhears Zuko and Iroh serving tea, and she looks really shocked and runs away.
2: Yeah, and then before we can see the outcome of that, we cut back to the last chakra, and it's Aang and Guru Patik sitting under the stars, a canopy of stars. And Guru Patik says... Once you open this chakra, you will be able to go in and out of the avatar state at will. And when you are in the avatar state, you will have complete control and awareness of all of your actions. The thought chakra is located at the crown of the head. It deals with pure cosmic energy and is blocked by earthly attachment. Meditate on what attaches you to this world. And then Aang is envisioning Katara. And then Guru Patik says, now let all of those attachments go let them flow down the river forgotten and then Aang quickly quips what why would I let go of Katara I I love her
0: yeah and first I thought the the like language of forgotten really kind of hit hard like I was like damn that's kind of savage guru Patik." (laughs) um but also yeah this is kind of a big moment like we're getting a straight up confession from Ang that he loves Katara. Uh, you know, before you know, we thought it was maybe a bit of a crush or something, um, but really, like as we're going through these chakra sequences, we see that.
2: Yeah, and then Guru Patiks uh, responds in like a very concerned way. He says, "Learn to let her go, or you cannot let the pure cosmic energy flow in from the universe." And then Aang says. Why would I choose cosmic energy over Katara? How could it be a bad thing that I feel an attachment to her? Three chakras ago, that was a good thing.
0: Yeah, and I thought this was a really good question. Mm -hmm. I guess, like, I was just reading some stuff while I was doing research, and there are a couple of takes. So one of the takes was that Guru Patik is kind of more of, like, a a Mm -hmm. purist in his, like, spirituality. Maybe he's just, like, seeing something that, like, I don't know, maybe he's being a bit more like strict in his interpretation of the chakras because there are actually avatars in the past who have been able to find love. And, you know, like Avatar Kuruk, Avatar Roku, um, they had wives who they were in love with, um, but they're still able to demonstrate mastery over the avatar state. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. So maybe there's something that, you know, Guru Patik doesn't fully like... Know about kind of what it's like to be the avatar who is this like human on this planet who really can't realistically release all their attachments. And I thought uh something else really interesting I read is that you know, avatar Yang Chin in the finale actually explains to Aang that the reason why the avatar is mortal is that the avatar must experience human life in order to understand how precious it is um, and to you know, know what it means to protect it, um, meaning that the avatar can never truly detach themselves. So it's kind of just a limitation of like being a real mortal being in this world. And I think maybe Guru Patik is like taking a, a harsh, like a more strict reading of of how to unblock the chakras, I guess. And my final thought was maybe attachment is just different from love, right? Like being attached is maybe like more of a, a bad thing, I guess, than just like loving someone without attachment to them. I don't know. I I, I don't really know. That's just
1: a, kind of a thought I had. Yeah, no. I think what Yang Avatar Yang Chen says in the finale is really important. But I I think especially as we saw with like the the four three chakras ago and like Aang's loss of all of his people turns into his love for Katara. I think his love for Katara is like incredibly deep. And I think in the end, his love for Katara is far more important than like, this ability to go into the Avatar state is. A
2: different interpretation is that in that scene, Avatar Yangtion actually does say that the Avatar can never attain spiritual enlightenment. And I think Guru Patik here is trying to get Aang to attain spiritual enlightenment. And I think by attachment, he means... Mm -hmm. Like, the limitation here, I think, is that that the English word love is, like, super vague. Mm -hmm. Like, right, other languages have, like, so many ways to describe love attachment here I think might mean more like Mm, what mm. we consider you know romantic love like the attachment to the like chemicals you feel like the selfish love the honeymoon phase if you will and then like love in the earlier phases he actually means like unconditional Mm. love or like love that is not just reserved for like your spouse but also for family members and like close friends and you know if you're spiritually enlightened i guess like any living thing
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i think it's also just important to note guru patik has worked with airbenders to achieve enlightenment but ang although he's from the air nation he's not like he's the avatar that's like more important like guru patik's lessons may not necessarily need to apply to the avatar you know So in the next scene, we come back to Katara, um, who runs to go see Suki, and then she runs into the palace room, which, you know, Katara can just run in and out of the Earth um, King's room at at her leisure. Um, She runs in and says, thank goodness you're here, Suki, something terrible is going on. The Fire Nation has infiltrated the city. (laughs) I just saw Prince Zuko and his uncle and Azula's eyes flash. And I'm like... This worked again? Like, how many times is Azula going to use this tactic of her being dressed up as Kyoshi Warriors to gain all of this information? It's crazy. (laughs) And then Azula says, oh, don't worry. I'll be sure to let him know. And then Katara's like, oh, my God, you're not Suki. And then, you know, Tylee just comes over and destroys Katara.
0: And uh, the last shot in this scene is Katara lying down with the three of them surrounding her. And her water has just like spilled out of her water pouch. Mm. um, Kind of looking like blood. So it's just like a cool like visual effect. And then we go back to the scene with Guru Patik and Aang. And Guru Patik says, Aang, to master the avatar state, (laughs) you must open all the chakras. Surrender yourself. (laughs) And Aang tries again Uh, because he's a good boy and he has a vision and this purple vision you know the last chakra is of himself above the earth walking towards the avatar state version of himself and the visuals here are just like so stunning the music is incredible like really feeling like wow my gosh like we're gonna get the mastery it's so great um his arrow starts to glow and as he's approaching this avatar version of himself we start to hear katara scream and he sees a vision of her in her chains um and Aang's like katara's in danger i have to go and he starts like running back on that path towards the earth um and then guru patik's like No, Aang, by choosing attachment, you have locked the chakra. If you leave now, you won't be able to go into the avatar state at all. And uh, I'm kind of the wrong person to be making this reference, but apparently this scene is very reminiscent to one of the scenes in Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back in which Luke or Aang leaves Yoda or Grupateek after seeing a vision of Leia or Katara and others being in trouble and Yoda's like telling him, no, you gotta finish your training, but Luke is like, no, I need to go save my friends.
2: Yeah, I guess it's just weird because Leia ends up being his sister. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're right. This <laughs> this this one's uh, this version's less problematic.
2: <laughs> so in the next scene, it's tough. And she's back. She's figuring out how to metal bend on the fly. And she's in this metal box in the back of this rickshaw. And she figures out that there's earth in the metal alloy. And she bends her way out of the box. And she claims that she's the greatest earthbender in the world. And then she, like jumps onto the ground and the ground ripples out as if she's like on a cushion of water or something and she starts like water rolling rocking her way back to Ba say and she's going super fast and my question here is when she's like earth bending and doing this is she faster than Aang when he was running on like super fast with air in season one episode two?
0: Actually, I have some fun facts about this bending technique. This technique is actually called earth surfing or earth skating. And apparently it actually takes a lot of energy and intense concentration to perform this technique because in the next half of this one hour special, we see Toph like still doing this and we see Aang and Sokka. And Sokka calls out to Toph, mm. just says like, hey, Toph. And she gets distracted and like falls off. So I think for that reason, I am want to go with the air version being a bit more
2: effective
0: so you got to move a lot of earth for this
2: anyway they get in a bit of a scuffle and then she bends both shinfu and master Yu into the metal box she was trapped in and then Shin Fu says i'm going to get stuck in here forever with you aren't i and the master Yu sheepishly says i have to go to the bathroom
0: yeah i just thought this was like kind of funny because <laughs> like really are they like gonna die in there for real? Like, no one is going to come to save them. They're, like, in the middle of the countryside. I don't know. I guess it's, like, maybe if it's a popular road, they'll get saved.
2: But I-, I have a more meta question, which is that when Bumi was stuck in the metal coffin floating in air, he was able to, like, lift a statue hundreds of feet, maybe thousands of feet away on top of a mountain. <laughs> and you're telling me co- Toph? Who's in a like a metal box, like a foot above the ground? Can't bend the metal. Sorry, bend the earth below mm. her. I don't know. That seems like that's a huge a really inconsistency. Good point. Yeah, so maybe Boomy is the greatest metal bender.
0: It just seems like Boomy yeah. is like crazy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's like a insane thing that he did. <laughs>
1: And then so to wrap up the rest of the episode, basically Hakoda and Sokka have a moment. Um, Hakoda just validates Sokka for, you know, being good guy. And then we get Azula meeting Longfang, Clash of the Titans. Um, And so they have a little exchange. They have a temporary truce. And then the episode ends with Iroh and Zuko being invited to serve tea to the Earth King. And so we're all they're all headed to meet up very soon.
2: Cool. So now we're on to Crossroads of Destiny, the final episode in season two. Some fun facts. This episode was written by head writer Aaron Ehas, and he also wrote the finale for book one. And this is the last episode, which is voiced by Mako Iwamatsu. Mm. Tragically, he passed away with throat or esophageal cancer. Maybe the same thing. Um, Yeah, sad stuff.
0: Yeah. So the first scene here is Aang and Sokka flying back to Basingse, and Sokka is like, Oh, what kind of trouble is Qatar in? And Aang's like, I don't know. In my vision, I just knew she needed help. And they see something rumbling through the hills, and lo and behold, it's Toph, uh, Earth surfing.
2: So we start the episode in the underground, where Azula is meeting with the Daily agents. Uh, some fun facts about the crystal catacombs that they were part of old Basingse. And these parts of the old city were primarily composed of rock houses. And I guess it's the precursor to ba Sing Se, And they were mostly excavated out of the side of the walls of these caves. Um, and there's one large hole mainly in every hut that served as the windows and the doors. And that a river runs through the large center of the main city plaza. Anyway, so Azula says, This coup must be swift and decisive. The Earth King and each of his five generals must be taken out simultaneously. Long Feng has placed you in my command while we overthrow the government. If I sense any disloyalty, any hesitation at all, I will snuff it out. That is all. And then it cuts over to this guy with a scar who has a very worried face. So, some fun facts. Uh, this agent received a scar because he gave away too many secrets. And the original nick.com website uh, supplies a different account for this backstory implying that Long Feng inflicted the mark during a quote, altercation.
0: Wow, it's kind of crazy he's still there then. Um, uh, another thing I read online was that oh, does Azula kind of zeroing in on this guy suggests that Azula is really a people person because she knew that this guy could be a weak link.
1: Hmm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. She knows people. She knows people. She
0: is. She <laughs> is a people person. Um. Scary. I wonder what she would think of this podcast and us. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, then we see a scene of Team Avatar and, you know, Toph, Aang, and Sokka are all back together now and Toph is like, so, how did it go with the Guru? Did you master the Avatar state? And she's holding on to Sokka's arm here. Um, They're like flying on Appa. Um, And I just thought it was really cute because she's holding on to Sokka's arm. We get a little Toph-Sokka-ship action. Um, (laughs) And it's also, uh, you know, a good kind of points to the continuity of the saddle not being there because it got stolen by those sandbenders so Mm -hmm. Toph is still a a bit you know worried and scared about flying um so yeah uh and then ang is like uh and then he has a flashback to guru patik's warning about not being able to master the avatar state at all anymore and then he's like i'm great it went great with the guru i completely mastered the avatar state (laughs) ha 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. The avatar extras here pops up with some text and it says, "Oh, aang. The more you lie, the more chakras you block." <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. All right. Good thing he's you know he's out of it anyway. Oh, that means he has to unlock that one too before the <laughs> yeah. end of the episode. <laughs> uh.
2: So in the next scene, Iroh and Zuko finally pull up at the Earth King's palace. And he's pouring some wine while he's waiting for the Earth King to try come his goods. And the Avatar extras say that this is the Earth King's ceremonial tea house. Just the more you know. So some Dali agents walk around and they surround them. And then Zuka says, something's not right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because of course, <laughs> uh, and then Azula emerges and says,
2: it's tea
1: time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I just have a silly comment here. The way she says it is just like so menacing, but kind of funny because she's saying it's tea time. Um, She's like, (laughs) it's tea. No, she goes like, it's tea time or something like that. I don't know. It's a horrible, horrible impression. But I was like, I should say it like that whenever I have tea to spill (laughs) with my friends. (laughs) It's tea time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and Zuko can't stand for it, so he stands up. And then Uncle Iroh says, one of the sickest lines in Avatar, he says, Did I ever tell you how I got the nickname, the Dragon of the West? And then Azula, who's quite annoyed, she's like, I'm not interested in a lengthy anecdote, Uncle. And then Iroh says, it's more of a demonstration, really. And then he takes a sip of his tea, um looks at Zuko, they both smile at each other, he, like, breathes in, and then just breathes out this huge, like, basically flame as if he was, like, a dragon. And he's, like, spinning around.
0: Yeah, and it's just so cool, um, obviously, but I actually think the Zuko and him kind of being on the same wavelength for a second there is pretty pretty awesome and now i'm just having like visions of them kind of just like kicking back you know sharing stories by the campfire <laughs> and Zuc- and i was like yo zuko you want to see something cool <laughs> and it's like, i don't know um
2: i can imagine another shorts episode where uncle Iro is like trying to get zuko to practice like cool things they can do when they encounter Azula, and Zuko's just, like, totally not with it. He's like, Uncle, why do I have to do this?
0: Uncle! <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I'll teach you how to breathe fire!
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he goes on top of the mountain and cries in the rain. <laughs> so, they make their escape, and then uh, there's a panning shot of the outside of the palace, and then, like, lightning comes out of the side of the building, and then Zuko just, like, Is standing there and Iroh just jumps out of like a three-story height hole in the wall and he's looking up at Zuko and he's like beckoning him to come and then Zuko just says no I'm tired of running it's time I faced Azula
1: yeah I, I don't know you know newly reformed Zuko is it a smart decision that you know he's like you know I'm good now I can face Azula or is it just him being you know silly old Zuko again
0: I feel like he's being silly old Zuko again based on Iroh's huge facepalm that he does <laughs> right after.
2: So then Zuko goes back in the building, and he confronts Azula, and then they're about to fight and have an Agni Kai, and Azula says she's not interested, and then just basically has the Li very easily capture him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so stupid decision all along, for sure. And they run in, they're like, oh, where's Katara? And the king's like, oh, Katara's fine, you have nothing to worry about. You know, she's been off with her friends in the Kyoshi Warriors. And Sokka's like, see Ang, she's with Suki. They're probably back at the apartment right now talking about makeup or something.
2: And the Avatar extras are actually really sassy this episode. (laughs) And it actually says, uh, fact, the Kiyoshi Warriors aren't really into, quote, talking about makeup, unquote.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Sokka.
2: He really hasn't learned anything.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Anyways, the next scene is... Team Avatar, aka Jess, Sokka, Toph, and Aang, back at their apartment in Ba Sing Se, and they find Momo there. I was doing some reading, and turns out Momo really just like skirted out of there the second he sensed trouble, because um, I think well he was with Katara right when they were at the tea shop, and then he saw that um, the Kyoshi warriors were not really the Kyoshi warriors, and he just like flew away and like left Katara there. That's why he's at this apartment. <laughs> it's because he just like got himself the heck out of there. Um, <laughs> anyways, another fun fact is that you can see there's a lot of scaffolding in the apartment because, you know, a few episodes ago, Toph blew a hole through the wall in the Lake guy episode when she's like, yeah, we're going rogue. So they don't see Katara there. And Toph's like, wait. Someone's at the door, and then we hear a knock, which I thought was, like, so cool. Um, Just, like, the effect that that had. It was very spooky. And then she says, Mm. actually, I know who it is. It's an old friend of mine. And she opens the door and says, glad to see you're okay. And we see that it's Iroh.
2: Yeah. Another fun fact, the last time everyone else saw Iroh, he was just shot by Azula. So, on top of the shock that Zuko's uncle is there, they also might think, like, this guy was dead.
0: Yeah. Mm. Wow. Good point. It's, like...
1: Yeah.
2: Double shock.
0: And I was like, I need your help. And Sok and Aang just are freaking out. And Toph is like, hi. Like, she's just like smiling in the back. And then it like fades to black um, for like an ad break or something. That's like the last shot. But I just thought it was really funny because like Toph is always just on such a different wavelength from the rest of the team in some of these things. Like, oh, she's besties with Iro, And then also made me think of the moment where they see Jet in the like Lao guy episode. And she's just like, who's Jet?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and she's just like i don't know it's just yeah she truly hasn't been there for very much of their adventures then Aang is like you guys know each other and toff is like i met him in the woods once and knocked him down then he gave me tea and some very good advice and she just invites him in without consulting the rest of the team and Iroh's is like oh azula is in town and and Iro tells him that Azula's in town and then that Zuko's been captured. And also Aang reveals that Katara's been captured. So they're probably together. Um, they're like, yeah, we should work together to go find them. And, you know, there's some resistance from Sokka, but then Aang's like, no, this is like our best chance. Um, and then so Iroh's like, I also brought someone who could help us. And they go out the back and they see that it's the daily agent with the scar, the weak link. And the daily agent with the scar tells them that Azula and Long Feng are plotting a coup. They're going to overthrow the Earth King. And Sokka asks, where are you keeping my sister? And the agent says, in the crystal catacombs of old Ba Sing Se, deep beneath the palace.
1: Then we go to the crystal catacombs deep beneath the palace, and we see Katara and Zuko. And Katara says, oh, why did they throw you in here? Oh, wait, let me guess. It's a trap. So that when Aang shows up to help me, you can finally have him in your little Fire Nation clutches. And Zuko just totally ignores her.
0: Yeah. And I just thought, um, well, I read this online, but someone was saying how like, oh, this is really realistic for him in this moment because he's like really dealing with some stuff right now. He's like, oh, shoot, I landed myself in the crystal catacombs. Like what was going like? What did I do? Like everything was going so well. And now here I am um, getting berated by Katara.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And Katara just keeps going off. She says, you're a terrible person. You know that? Always following us, hunting the Avatar, trying to capture the world's last hope for peace. But what do you care? You're the Fire Lord's son. Spreading war and violence and hatred is in your blood. Zuko's like, you don't know what you're talking about. And Katara's like, well, like, to me, it's deeply personal because the Fire Nation took my mother away. And Zuko says, I'm sorry. That's something we have in common. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's just so many things I wish I could experience again because I, like, didn't realize this until I was doing research, but this is, like, actually the reveal that, like, his... Well, first, we, like, only saw his mom for the first time in his dreams that, like, during the last episode. But then it's, like, the reveal that, like, the Fire Nation took her away. You know, he's been wronged by his own nation, too. And, like, it's just kind of crazy. And there's so many things, actually, like, in this episode that, like, just, like, would blow your mind if you've never seen the show before. Mm -hmm. really we just need to like get a friend who's like never seen the show and like make them watch it with us so we can like we can watch them (laughs) watch the show um anyways the next scene is Aang and Iroh making their way through the tunnels to get to the crystal catacombs and Aang is bending and Iroh is lighting the way with his fire and it's kind of awkward for a second and then Aang you know ever the conversationalist is like so, Toph thinks he give pretty good advice and great tea.
2: Yeah, it's pretty funny. The extras here say, it's always good to seek advice from your elders, dot, dot, dot. And then in, like, in the next couple lines, it says, dot, dot, dot. And Aang has been talking to a lot of elders lately. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. We get like, a few different perspectives from the elders here he tells Iroh about his dilemma with the guru. And he said, I met this guru who's supposed to help me master the avatar state and control this great power. But to do it, I had to let go of someone I loved. And I just couldn't. And Iroh says, perfection and power are overrated. I think you are very wise to choose happiness and love. Yeah. And I read, you know, this is uh, very much a result of, Uncle Iroh losing his son, Lu-Ten, after the siege of Ba Sing Se. Um, so he used to be this very, like, ambitious guy who wanted power. Um, but then, after his loss, he realized that, like, love and happiness and, you know, relationships are, like, the things that really matter in life. Um, so I can understand, like, why he has this advice. But also, like, you're talking to the Avatar. Like, shouldn't you be telling him, like, yeah, like... you should have like mastered the avatar state so we can like restore balance to the world. Um, but yeah, I I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, He didn't recognize his audience. Um, And then Aang is like, what happens if we can't save everyone and beat Azula? What if without the Avatar state, I'm not powerful enough? And I was like, I don't know the answer. Sometimes life is like this dark tunnel. You can't always see the light at the end of the tunnel. But if you just keep moving, you will come to a better place. As they uncover the ancient city.
1: Yeah, it is really pretty and a, and a very good-looking scene. But honestly, Iroh doesn't really give any advice to scene other than validating that, like, sure, like it's good to choose happiness. This whole tunnel metaphor, he could have said in response to like any question Ang asks. You know, like it doesn't directly answer his question at all. <laughs> and always like
2: that's like old man talk for like yeah, your fuck kid. Yeah, <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> that always
1: like kind of bothered me.
2: Um, but.
0: I also realize this is like very, there's, this is also a lot like Dory's advice, like just keep swimming, or
1: Dory's Mm. mantra. Yeah, 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 that's true. Maybe there is some wisdom to that.
2: So the next couple of scenes, it's the Council of Five getting taken down one by one and not at the same time as Azula stated. Um, (laughs) But first it cuts to General Hao, and he's seen with something called a Guan, which is a headpiece usually on someone's top knot and this is an adornment usually commonly worn amongst Chinese nobility mm-hmm. and maybe that might be like tying back to the bureaucracy the fact that like these individuals are so well adorned but like they get taken out by one or two Dai <laughs> Li. but the thing that I found really funny is the avatar extras every time one of them got taken out it would say council of four Council of King. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. They're so funny. And then
2: Yeah. After General Sun got <laughs> taken out, it said the Council of Five is officially no more.
0: Aww. Tough. Um yeah. But then, you know, there's still the Earth King standing, right? Um, and Sokka gets there and he's like, thank goodness we're in time. And Tylee's like, what are you on time for, cutie? <laughs> and goes over to Sokka. And Sokka's like, uh, I'm kind of involved with Suki. <laughs> and I just thought, quote, <laughs> involved with. Uh, they have a very a modern relationship, you know. They're not in a rush to define the relationship or anything. You know, keeping things casual. Um And then Toph realizes they're not the real Kyoshi warriors and then may entirely attack and they all get taken down one by one and taken away. Um, and including the earth king and his bear. Um, and then long fang comes in and tries to double cross Azula and he's like, yep, this is where I double cross you. And then Azula's like, I don't think so because the Dai Li haven't made up their minds on who to kind of follow. Um, and Longfang gets a bit nervous. And Azula's like, the fact is they don't know which one of us is going to be sitting on that throne and which one is going to be bowing down. And Azula like stares him down. And then finally Longfang bows down and says, you've beaten me at my own game. And Azula says, don't flatter yourself. You are never even a player. Um, and yeah, I just have a question for you guys. Is, do you think that this coup was realistically executed or not? I've kind of, I've seen a few different takes. The main take I saw was like, oh, this is not realistic at all. But the other one is like, Azula is just that good. It was like in the time that she spent with the Dai Li, like plotting. Like they just were so awestruck by her sheer like power. Like the Dai Li has seen kind of Long Fang get taken down already. And so like, you know, they're already seeing how he's a bit weaker than he was
1: interesting there are no coups internally from the daily either then we flash back to the catacombs again with katara and zuko classic scene and katara's like i'm sorry i yelled at you it's just for so long now whenever i'd imagined the face of the enemy it was your face and zuko touches the scar and he says i see and then he's like it's okay i used to think the scar marked me the mark of the banished prince cursed to chase the avatar forever But lately, I've realized that I'm free to determine my own destiny, even if I'll never be free of my mark. And Katara says, maybe you could be free of it. I have healing abilities. And she shows him the water from the spirit oasis that she has. And and she says, it has special properties, so I've been saving it for something important. I don't know if it would work, but... And then Katara approaches Zuko and puts her hand on his scar, which is like one of the most intimate things like anyone could do a Zuko uh, <laughs> uh, yeah 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 and he like yep.
0: refused to let anyone else yep. do it this season right like there was June oh exactly. sorry there was song um
1: and yeah in the crystal yeah, cat I don't know you know
0: maybe there's just the vibes are there you know but yeah I mean I was just like no, like, what are you doing? Um, Like, I don't know. I was like so baffled by why she would offer this. Um, So, you know, I took to doing my research to try to get some answers. And uh, someone was saying like, oh, well, she finally found someone who can relate on like losing their mother, but like also is not their soccer. So I realized that's kind of like not really, not really uh, real. I guess another thing someone said is like, Okatara has always been like a people – Like helper like she sees someone in pain and just like wants to help them and like here's someone who's like clearly still really like in pain about losing their mother something that she can really relate to and she's just gonna like do whatever she can to kind of help this person out
1: another thing real quick that i like about this or another like reason it works well is kind of because obviously katara uses the oasis water on ang at the end of this episode and it's been a really long time since we've talked about the oasis water because i think we only talk about it when the first episode of the season when she gets it so it's kind of something like oh we bring it up earlier in the episode so that you know the audience remembers it so when you actually end up using it it's not like it came out of nowhere it kind of reminds me of how with the Toph and sensing the lies they kind of like use it a bit like oh you know jet is lying like about where he's from and stuff but then at the end they like use it to like say like oh jet was lying like right before he dies and like that's where it like um that's kind of the punchline. so i don't know it's kind of like just like a plot device that's like kind of used well too
0: that's a good point yeah another thing i think is that this like also functions to make us feel that much more betrayed knowing that like she could, have, she could only use this water on like one person and she was about to use it on Zuko and then Zuko like totally turned. So like if she had, then like there wouldn't have been any left for Aang and like Aang would, you know, have been dead. So I think it like makes this feel, it mm-hmm. makes like Zuko's turning like that much worse, like knowing how much Katara trusted him. And I read this take online, which kind of blew my mind, uh, which is this uh, really sad thing is that Zuko's like, misguided attempt to like go back to capturing ang or like you know signing with azula actually cost him his scar healing i guess another thing that i saw or i read was like oh wow like what if katara used the water on zuko then would zuko have been good and then would mm. ang not have mm. you know been struck by lightning in the first place or something and then maybe because she didn't like, I don't know. It's just like interesting how like Zuko and Aang's like yeah, intertwined destinies yeah. in this episode are kind of like really, um, yeah, in inco- uh, guess, intertwined. Yeah,
2: I think it is a little incredulous that she gets captured as a prisoner. And they allow a waterbender to keep water on her. <laughs> um, <laughs> like you would think they would search her and take all her weapons, but. And then another fun fact is that the extras actually says that. In the Cave of Two Levers and the Crossroads of Destiny, Katara was the only person who has ever touched Zuko's scar. However, this is not true. Mm. However, Mei has also touched his scar in The Awakening.
0: (laughs) Mm, That's after.
2: Yes. Yes mm-hmm
1: yeah so Katara and Zuko have this moment but then Aang and Iroh come bursting in and then Katara hugs Aang and he smiles and then Iroh kind of hugs Zuko and then but like Zuko and Aang have this like dirty look with each other and then Zuko's like uncle I don't understand what are you doing with the avatar and then he's like saving you that's what
0: yeah I thought this was like so much sass coming from Aang and i think it's clearly cuz he's jealous cuz he like mm-hmm. spotted he like caught katara and zuko having a moment um
1: <laughs> and then zuko like looks away and he's like why uncle and then iroh's like you're not the man you used to be zuko you're stronger and wiser and freer than you've ever been and now you have come to the crossroads of your destiny it's time for you to choose it's time for you to choose good
0: and wow that last appeal to zuko's uh conscience you know he really put it all out there um
1: and then azula and the daily jump in and kind of capture iroh and azula says i expected this treachery from uncle but zuko prince zuko you're a lot of things but you're not a traitor are you Mm. yeah she's Mm. so good i just noticed it's not too late for you zuko you can still redeem yourself (laughs) and she says i need you zuko I've plotted every move of this day this glorious day in Fire Nation history and the only way we win is together at the end of this day you will have your honor back you will have your father's love you'll have everything you want (laughs) yeah Zula really is a people person I guess I mean, this this kind of directly, you know, goes back to the last episode, the Earth King episode, where in Zuko's dream, you have the two dragons that are Iroh and Zula talking to him. So, you know, it's already come to fruition. And now it's time for him to choose.
0: Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, I just thought and this was just like such a well-crafted, like, <laughs> I don't know statement by Azula like she doesn't even really need him does she well actually we do find out she did but I don't know yeah I just think like she didn't even find out that Zuko Mm -hmm. was there until like I don't know 30 minutes ago or something and she's just able to just formulate this plan like so quickly and get everything she wants um it's pretty frightening so good
1: and the Iroh says Zuko I'm begging you look into your heart and see what it is you truly want and then this kind of like Two shots of Zuko's face, one without the scar, one with the scar. And Azula says, you are free to choose.
0: Yeah. Um, So she leaves Zuko and goes after Aang and Katara and starts fighting them. Um, And then Katara, like, you know, water bends from the river and Azula just, like, turns it to steam, which is kind of cool. And Aang crumbles the earth that Azula is standing on at one other point.
2: Yeah. And Azula actually has a facial reaction here to when he does that. And I think it's because she's reali- realizing how good he is now at earthbending at the end of this book.
0: And then Azula uh, locks both her hands onto them and her eyes shift from one person mm-hmm. to the other. So we got that, you know, Western showdown type shot again. Um, and then Zuko comes in and like disrupts everything and starts shooting fire. Uh, or sorry, by shooting some fire. But at this point, he's still unsure of who's he's going to attack. And then Aang kind of, like, sees for a second. He's like, oh no, like, he knows it's coming. Mm-hmm. And then Zuko attacks Aang. Um, and he's looking totally unhinged here. Like, you can see, like, a shot of him just, like, like firing off fireballs, like, fire blasts, like, left and right. And, like, I don't know, you can just tell that, like, a screw has come loose. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: Yeah, so then Aang starts fighting Zuko. And he starts using some, like, of the fire... Whip moves to break the crystals around the cave. Um, and then Aang uses this to a disadvantage when fighting Zuko and then cuts back to Katara. And here we actually see her do like the water octopus swirling thing around her, uh, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. And she actually is, manages to capture Azula's arm and legs. And this is the first time in the show that we actually see her do this water octopus form, uh, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Showing her mastery over water bending, and this is the first of two times that she is able mm-hmm. to defeat Azula in battle.
1: Yeah, it's crazy that she basically beats Azula mm-hmm. at the end of mm-hmm. book two. Like I, I didn't, upon a rewatch, I hadn't realized that she was already good enough to beat Azula at this point.
0: Yeah, you know what they say: hard work beats talent.
1: Also, water is super effective against fire.
0: that's true actually maybe that's uh maybe
2: that's the reason why unless it's your mom (laughs) (laughs) yeah then zuko in his moment of weakness breaks the grip on azula and then ing climbs out and then guitar starts fighting zuko and she screams i thought you had changed and then zuko says i have changed
1: (laughs) Yeah, this th- this is okay. really interesting because I'm like, what? <laughs> How have you changed here as Yeah,
0: I don't know. It, it, for it, like, was a weird line for sure. But like, I guess the only thing it could be referring to is like the fact that he's chosen to like be prince still. Um, yeah, yeah. but to Katara, it's like that's not really a change.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then now that we switch partners, and Azula is fighting Aang, and then Aang suits up in a crystal man suit thing. And starts charging at Azula.
1: Yeah, this was something I read online that I thought was really interesting. But if you remember back to um, the kind of Western showdown when Aang was fighting Azula, he was just kind of using airbending and he was mostly just running away. Mm-hmm. Like he could not fight Azula. And now that he knows earthbending, he's kind of able to fight her head on. Like he wears this crystal suit and charges like right into oh, Azula. Whoa. So kind of a change of tactics That's super here. That's cool.
0: Yeah. yeah. I thought that actually I get I don't think this was effective because obviously he gets wrecked, um, mm-hmm. but you know he does change his tactic. Yeah. But I was just like, uh, like the suit thing never works. Like it made me think of the season three finale when he like ch- like makes a rock suit and yeah. like it just does <laughs> not work at all. And I'm like, I don't know why Aang likes to like
2: gets choose these
0: stylish moves over effective ones because <laughs> they don't work at all.
2: Counterpoint. Toph does it in season three when she's on top of the airship. Mm. So maybe you just need to choose the right material to suit up with. Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: Oh, does she use metal there?
2: She uses metal.
1: Yeah, okay. So only. Yeah, metal because he tried rock and crystal. Yeah. Crystal suits do not. Yeah. No, no, no.
2: Yeah, and then Azula shatters the suit, and then Aang gets, as Joyce so kindly put it, absolutely <laughs> wrecked. Yeah, and then the Dali agents start jumping in, and they take on Katara, and it's, like, this whole, like, platoon of troops versus just Katara in her octopus form. And then Aang comes back on his uh, earth ball.
1: Yeah, so basically Aang goes up to this, like, huge stalactite, and then kind of, like, uses it to, like, jump down and, like, make this super, like, crazy, you know, move, and then um, the, the interesting thing is that, like, Aang really damages himself with this move. Like, once he gets up, he's, like, super weak, and I don't know. It was, it was just, like, interesting. He's using so much earth bending here. I was like, oh, is this, like, a sign of inexperience? He, like, he's still not good enough at bending because he's kind of wrecking himself mm. here. He's not really playing to his strengths, yeah. necessarily. This is the
0: same earth move that, like, Toph used earlier, right? Like, the wave, like, the surfing move. Yeah, mm. which, you know, supports mm. the fact that, like, that's a really, like, energy intensive move but maybe he's just not ready for it
2: wait is is this move the the ground wave thing or is it the one where he like uses galactite? i thought it was the ground wave thing
1: i thought it was slack okay thing, never mind whatever well, he probably comment. uses both of them <laughs> God, nice.
2: counterpoint to that this is the same move aang uses to defeat the drill at the very yeah end, yeah where he like puts a giant galactite into the drill Mm-hmm. So maybe he's like, I defeated Azula once doing this. Let me but do it again. doesn't work this time. <laughs> so the Daili swoop in and take him out. And then Aang looks around. And he's seeing how dire the situation is. And then he makes a snap decision. And then he realizes that the only way out of this is to play his trump card. Because he's a bad <laughs> bender. And he hears the guru says, the only way is to let her go. And he mutters under his breath, I'm sorry, Katara, and then swirls in and all this crystal shoots up around.
0: Yeah. And so basically, he's going to try to now like unlock the last chakra. Um, But I thought like, oh, when he says, I'm sorry, Katara. Like, isn't he really just trying to go into the avatar state in order to save her? So I thought that was kind of like, I don't know, like,
1: I guess he's also giving up his love for her. Well, he's not necessarily giving up his love, but his attachment yeah, but like to go into the avatar, say he has to give quote unquote That's give true. Her up, right? Yeah, but so, I don't know. Yeah, I thought they were kind of yeah, in conflict. but it's too yeah, safer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. But I guess yeah, maybe like he still like <laughs> wants to save her, but it's like not attached. I don't really it's know. It's
1: kind of like to save her, he's giving up like his love for her. Mm-hmm. you know. It's like he's sacrificing his love for her to save her. Ooh, good point.
2: So Aang starts coming out of this crystal cocoon, and he's, like, glowing and ascending like some Jesus figure in the air. And then Katara just shoots him down with lightning. And... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sparks are flying. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, she's Azuko now. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no! Oh. <laughs> it's the double cross. We didn't see coming.
0: Hi, she's Oh my god! Uh, and
2: then Azula shoots him down with lightning. Um, and I have to applaud this because I feel like there's too many like shows like Dragon Ball Z or Naruto where like the main characters like powering up. And then, like the enemy is just like sitting there watching them power up, and they don't do anything mm-hmm, in that moment. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty good. But yeah, as like this is happening, Aang's like ascending into his cosmic form, where he like sees his giant self in space, and then he like comes crashing down. And then Katara gets all sad, and she goes and catches him before he hits the floor and gets a concussion.
1: Yeah, and so this is really interesting. But the way Katara holds onto Aang. She's kind of holding him in his arms and he's like slumped over. Um, I saw online that it actually looks incredibly similar to the Pieta, which is like Michelangelo's um, sculpture of the Virgin Mary uh, holding Jesus Christ um, after Jesus Christ was crucified mm. and is basically, and is dead. Um, there's actually quite a bit of, like, almost religious, like, Christian symbolism in the scene and the next. Um, it, that in itself is just really interesting. Mm-hmm. It kind of shows, like, a symbol of, like, the devotion and love that, you know, Katara has for Aang. Yeah, okay, well, I'll just say it now. Um, he basically, he's dead right now. The Oasis Water revives him. It's Jesus coming back to life to save the world.
2: So then Iroh shows up and he basically fends everyone off. He says, you've got to get out of here. I'll hold them off as long as I can.
1: Yeah, and then this was also really cool. I saw this online as well. When Iroh um, is bending here and kind of uh, staving off the earthbenders, he actually uses a few earthbending stances mm. um, like, in his defense, kind of, like, holding his ground. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is, like, Iroh again showing, like, his mastery over, like, all the elements and using them the principles from other elements when he can, which I thought was super cool. That is so
0: cool. another thing I noticed is, like, wow, Iroh really helps them in every finale. Like, it's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah,
2: and then Katara bends her and Aang out of the cave in, like, a water elevator type situation. (laughs) Um, And then as soon as they're out of there, Iroh just, like, gives up and he admits defeat mm. and they're captured
1: sad um and so team avatar escapes on appa we have the whole squad to back together including um the earth king and his bear bosco and you know katara breaks out the spirit water that we've talked about on Aang to try to heal him and what do we know he's back to life uh the jesus kid is back
0: yeah, and um, something that's really cool is that when Aang wakes up and sees her, it's like really similar to like when he wakes up in the very first episode of the show and sees Katara. Like it's almost like an exact mirror.
1: And so in the end, it's uh, it's uh, it's Katara's love that saves Aang. Katara's love was more important than the Avatar State.
0: I mean, even if they were just buddies, like she would have used the water on him, right?
1: <laughs> like she probably would. <laughs> okay, and fine. If Aang
2: got the Avatar state earlier, none of the season three stuff would have happened. So all those people would still be alive, including Jet. No, no, Jet would have died. <laughs> J- Jet's dead either way. But everyone else. uh
0: Aang can't catch a break on this podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's good for Aang. He can finally learn firebending like he's supposed to instead of taking the shortcut, which is Avatar state. And then we're back to Azula and Zuko in the Earth King's throne room. And Azula says, we've done it, Zuko. It's taken 100 years, but the Fire Nation has conquered Ba Sing Se. And Zuko's all sad now, and he's ashamed. And he says, I betrayed uncle. Azula says, no, he betrayed you. But I don't have the avatar. What if father doesn't restore my honor? And Azula says, he doesn't need to, Zuko. Today, you restored your own honor. And I don't exactly know what this means, but I thought it was interesting that Azula did this. She said, You restored your honor. Like, all along, it was that his father would restore his honor. I don't know. I don't know if that means anything to either of you, but I feel like it was like a different. It's like this. I don't know. She pulled something off there. I don't really know what it is.
0: I guess she's just trying to comfort him. I don't know. It doesn't seem very Azula like, but.
2: <laughs> Maybe she meant, like, he brought honor to the family, so it, it was his actions that. Brought him in his honor, not his father bestowing upon
1: him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. But yeah, Zuko still looks very worried and concerned.
2: It's
0: just interesting when everything's uh said and done, you have some time to reflect, like he's still really unsettled by what he did. Um, and something I read online is that, you know, Zuko was very happy at the beginning of the episode, but he's really, you know, unsettled at the end so i mean if that just you know that really just reveals to you not everything is as it seems with zuko still he hasn't really made a decision yet um or truly yeah and finally we have team avatar you know riding away on appa and the earth king drops the line has to be said the earth kingdom has fallen
1: yeah, there's such ominous music, and they're riding Appa out of the Earth Kingdom, out past the outer wall of ba Sing Se, And it's like, oh my God, like, what a season. Like, everything is done. Zuko's like a bad guy. Like, Aang is like basically dead. Their whole plan is foiled. Like, what are they going to do? It's so good. <laughs>
0: You're so terrible. <laughs> wow, insane finale so let's just get right into our ratings we're gonna do the guru and then the crossroads of destiny so what'd you guys think of the first half of this
1: okay the guru i'm gonna give a five i thought overall it was still functioned as mostly a plot developing episode um kind of leading up to the finale finale um but i do want to give them a lot of props for kind of the creativity they took with all the chakra opening and all of that um a lot of the animation was really good um and metal bending obviously it was awesome but overall i think it was still um just a plot building episode and and you know doesn't warrant much of a rewatch i think
2: i think i would give it a 7 uh, i actually found it quite enjoyable I think beyond just building for the plot, there was a lot of cool world building, filling in a lot of the cracks of the way elements work and how they interact, and this theme of everything being one that's been building since Zuko alone, um, I thought was really cool. And yeah, generally, I I almost think of these episodes as together, so it's hard for me to separate them out.
0: Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um... Which is why I know I shouldn't do this, but I feel like you guys influenced me. Like I initially gave it a nine because I just cannot like separate these two, I feel like, especially the way we like watch them this time. Uh, But I think a seven is probably more accurate because you're right if you're going to just like choose this one half and like rewatch it and like, you know, it doesn't quite stand on its own, but like obviously it's just like not meant to, but I don't know. I I just feel like every storyline was pretty solid still. Like we have the Guru storyline, which is like great. And then we have the Sokka Hakoda storyline, which is like, you know, sneaky good. Um, Katara is kind of like whatever. And then Azula and Long Fang. we kind of see the tension building. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll say an eight. I'll say an eight just to kind of stick to my guns a bit more. But I realize maybe that's a bit misguided. (laughs) all right what about crossroads of destiny
1: all right i'll give it a nine it's quite nearly a 10 but i have to give it a nine just because of a couple things um this episode yeah amazing amazing culmination of everything of the season which is so good one thing i wanted to point out is in the very first episode of this season we see three things which come back in the finale Um, that's first the oasis water which we talked about but then the first episode of the season is the Avatar State, which obviously comes back in this episode. But the other thing we see is Lightning Generation for the first time by Azula when she's practicing on the ship. And so those two things, those three things intersect very heavily at, at the end of this episode, which is really cool. Um, I think the fight scene in this episode is, may, uh, is definitely one of the best in the show. Um, it's just so so many subtleties and lots of cool techniques. Um, animation and everything is is fantastic Uh, the two things just kind of overall that like i don't know maybe not be unique to this episode but just kind of bother me are like zuko still after like everything that went went on the season you know he still like turns on them at the end which is just like i don't know after everything you went through the season like all of that like you still choose to be a bad guy it always just like irked me a little bit and then also like for all this hullabaloo around the avatar state you know like there's so much buildup like we go through so much but honestly it doesn't play as big a role in the rest of the show in season three and that always slightly bothered me too um so yeah i'll give it a nine
2: i give it an eight um i think it's a great episode obviously it's a finale it has to be great um or better be great otherwise we will not like the show as much as we do But when I compare it to the other great episodes or even the other finales, I find the fight scenes actually to be like a little bit lacking. Like the final scene where Ing is fighting Ozai, obviously nothing can compare to that. Comparing that to the final Agni Kai, nothing can compare to that. Even compared to the season one finale where all the color drains out of the entire show for like five minutes or whatever, like that was like bone chilling and I never really felt that in, in this episode um and then yeah also a little disappointing to see Zuko like fail again to turn to be a good person but I guess like that's almost why his redemption arc is so good because he's given so many chances to be good but he like takes him a long time for him to many many chances for him to change instead of just like you know Saga who becomes an overnight feminist um well maybe not in this episode yeah, I don't know. I just thought it lacked like the oomph that would warrant like a nine or a ten.
0: Alright, I don't know what got into me today. <laughs> but I gave it a ten. I don't know if I've given a ten yet, but I, I don't know. I don't think there should be a limited tens, even though there probably should be, but probably there's gonna there's gonna be more to come. Um But yeah I don't know I maybe maybe I rated everything so high just because I was so down on the rest of the season and I do really love how like these two episodes like just like tie everything together so neatly like you know like the things that on you were mentioning of how like from start to finish this season is like so um tight um but yeah, I just think the characters really all got to shine. I thought the character pairings were really interesting. Like, you know, we just see, like, such interesting, like, dynamics between everybody. Katara and Zuko's scene is, like, crazy and unforgettable. And I thought the action scene was really good. I agree, Justin, with what you're saying. Like, it's not one of... It's not, like... It really can't compare to the other two season finale action scenes. But, um, you know, I like the subtleties that we discussed. Um... But, yeah, I think it just really hit for me, too, is just, like, realizing, like, how, like, down, um, how much of a downer, like, this whole episode is and how much it's supposed to be that. Like, that's what, like, makes, like, good trilogies, I guess. You know, that's what people like, were saying is, like, you just need that, like, gut, like, a punch in the gut, like, you know, lowest point. I know we've said that so many times that this is, like, low 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 yeah like so low um which i realize is why i love season three so much because that's the you know that's the redemption season um but you know this really just like sets it up so well um and i think the zuko turning thing is like pretty necessary i guess um yeah and i think it i think it makes sense i mean it is sudden but like really like azula is coming and like presenting everything on a silver platter and uh and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it makes it that much better. When we get to the best season, the next season. <laughs> uh,
1: amazing end to the best season. Let's leave it at that.
0: Yeah. Um. Alrighty. So that's all. Thanks for sticking with us this season. Uh, it's been a long one. It's been it's been a dreary one, but, you know, can't get worse than this. Uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. We hope you just enjoyed our discussion of the Guru and the Crossroads of Destiny. As always, release on WhatsApp on Wednesdays. So we we'll see you next time for perhaps a special... Season closing episode. Um, if you want to stay up to date on when we release or submit thoughts or questions on the episodes, be sure to follow us on Instagram at, at what's underscore oppa, or you can email us at what's pod at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, be sure to hit us with a five star rating. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.
2: Let's leave
0: and can save
1: the world Whoa. and can save the Long ago the four nations lived together in
0: harmony
1: Then everything changed when the fire
0: nation attacked Only the Avatar Master of all four elements But when the world needed him the most
1: My brother and I discover a new avatar.